Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Refer a guest and gain eight entries into our grand prize draw. I didn't know that people could refer a guest, although wouldn't they have to like refer and then have the guest tell us that they were referred by somebody? That is how referrals go, yes. But you can. You I mean, there are, there are alternate options where you can do referrals by, like, you know, sending a link that is specific to the referring person and handle it that way. Although, I don't want to set up that. That sounds gross. That sounds unnecessary, given the amount of referrals we're likely to get. It's true, it's uh, true. But the lack of a grand prize draw, which we have to mention every episode. I don't actually know if we have to mention it every episode, but we do anyway. But uh, topically to our joke this week, we have a guest. <laughs> exactly. Topically. Hello. Um, yeah, let's introduce ourselves. Hey, I'm Sernel. I think I've been on this podcast uh, a while ago. Uh, author of Mycology, which is currently being in the midst of being published right now. Just Mycology? Ugh. Here, here you are just naming your, your second tier story. Come on, name the top tier one. <laughs> Tautology? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, if you're going to name your stories, name the good one, even if it's one that, like, you know, <laughs> nobody else reads. I mean, my college is the only one getting published, to be honest, to be fair. Published in which format? Uh, audiobook, um, I think Kindle I will, as well. They said they're going to do paperbacks, but I doubt it will sell. Well, I mean, Kindle, like, Amazon does the paperback, so it's just print-on-demand, so... Ah, uh, oh yeah, true, true. Yeah. Okay, well, hi everyone, my name is Eunice, I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternosaurus, and Fantasia is also supposed to be being made into an audiobook and published on Amazon, but, like, I've, I've put off finishing the rewrite for, like, a year, so that's still pending. <laughs> I see, I see. And I'm Atheo, author of Rune and Metagame. And, you know, unlike Nil over here, I name my better one even when it's less popular. Although, that's no longer the case anymore. Rune is now more popular than... than, uh, Metagame by, like, almost any metric, so... I consider that a win. <laughs> you know, you could just name all of your works like a normal person. I don't want to talk for, like, five minutes. Okay, well, maybe not all of your works, but, like, more... You, you're allowed naming more than one. If I'm naming a poetry yeah. collection, do I need to name the collection, or do I need to name each poem in it? Because they were released separately. No, no, no. Don't name poetry collections at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, you recite them Just, by heart. I mean, like, let's, let's talk about things people want to read. Excuse me? My, po- my poetry got picked up by multiple journals. Not journals. Whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, that's. It's not an insult to you. It's an insult to poetry. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. Uncultured. <laughs> I can write crap that like people would call good poetry, but I still think it's crap. It's <laughs> my attitude. I see. Okay. I see. Um, uh, email us if you're outraged on my opinions on poetry. Um, <laughs> closest thing I've written to poetry is just like a like a two-page rap battles I just did that's 
Wait, you never had any assignments in English class? I mean, okay, I, I think, I, I don't recall writing any poetry, but I might have, because I, I don't recall, like, Australia's education, I don't know, I don't recall them being that big on writing assignments, it's all about the reading comprehension, you know? Oh. Weird. Okay. Well, yeah, I've had to write a lot of bad poetry as, as a child for marks. I was them. told to write a lot of bad poetry. I wrote mostly okay poetry and a little bit of bad poetry. <laughs> I mean, I got good marks, but I still think it was bad poetry because <laughs> I didn't want to write it. Okay. Anyways, uh, this week, uh, our guest didn't have any ideas. So we're going to do kind of like a rehash and kind of like a... My idea. We're kind of playing kind mostly just, you know, to a trope. So it's fine. Yeah. So uh, basically, I want to do a story where a writer gets reborn, transported, whatever, into a world that they wrote. Except not just, not like their finest work, their first work. That cringy, like, teenager nonsense one <laughs> i guess my question would be is it a world that is superficially similar to that world or is it that world it's like that world although because of the newbie writerness there are like a lot of details that just like weren't mentioned at all so there's some leeway i had entirely the separate issue the opposite issue actually okay. when we're I was not we're writer. not talking about your first no, story. Like I know people who had no. entirely the opposite issue too, where they described way too much and bored everybody. No, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna do trashy romance novel style. Like nothing really makes sense, but like there's so much unfilled detail that somehow we make the world kind of make coherent sense. And the other question is, the other question is, <laughs> is it? exactly that world with their main character running about and everything oh yeah like all the characters in that the author wrote are there plus a bunch of characters that never get mentioned oh, okay so you don't take the place of any characters that you've written well i mean we could do that or you could be like random mob character number three you know yeah. you take the place of one of the characters that you introduced but never explained anything about you know, classic. It's probably someone who gets screwed over by the Mary Sueness of the main character. The Mary Sueness of a main character tends to screw over everybody just to different degrees. Exactly, exactly. Mm. So the universe does warp around the main character. To everyone's unfortunateness. The main character is playing with a loaded die the entire time. Yeah, yeah, and then the the author must suffer and be like, why did I ever think this was good? <laughs> oh man, yeah. How would you define the first work? Like, cause like, would it be like a random piece of I don't know, like two sentence story that you write in primary school, or is it like the first complete sort of book that you've written? Because I haven't done that yet. I mean, you technically have finished book one of mycology. I mean, yeah, technically, but... <laughs> I wouldn't recommend living in that world, but... <laughs> I mean, that depends on where you end up. Yeah, it's like volume one, but it's not really a book in the sense of... Yeah. Finalization. I mean, it's only like 500 pages, like, barely finished, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, not even like a worthy chapter one. <laughs> well, I mean, I would say it would probably be like their first work that it probably wasn't done, but there was definitely enough that like you had a good sense of the world building, which was crappy, and the characters who were unrealistic, and the magic system, which was not balanced. My characters were <laughs> realistic. My magic system was not balanced. <laughs> <laughs> And then the consequences of, like, the details that have to be in place for that magic system to exist and those characters to, to be real people with their backstories. Like, way too many orphans. No orphans! <laughs> yes, orphans. Or Tragic backstory main character who's, d- despite their rough origins, is very saintly and everybody falls in love with them, is mandatory. Okay. Uh, and then, and the Mary Sue is like a, an idealized self-insert of the of the author, but obviously like, like not actually similar to the author in any way, except maybe the hair color. It's their idea <laughs> of their perfect selves, not their their current selves or anything like what they could become. Yeah. Okay. Which I should like to mention, like, has is not remotely similar to my first work ever, because... What was my first... My, my first work is just, like, the, the romance was way overdone. <laughs> Oh bad, but um, I probably will have a problem with this sort of thing because, like, I don't remember a lot about like my first work, which this would classify as. No, 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 no! Don't think about your first work. Think about everybody in every writing group slash forum that you've ever uh, seen who's like, "Hi guys, I'm 16 and um, I'm starting a seven book epic saga and I'd like some feedback on my first hundred pages and also could you let me know how much money I think I'm gonna make? (laughs) Excuse me, my friend, my writing group is not like that at all, even the 16 year olds. Well, as as we've as we've established, you don't count. Okay, like, but stop, like stop you know, using... the entire way that I met these people was we had tea in LA. It was nice. I didn't live in LA at the yeah. time. That was stop. interesting. Yeah. I drove for like three hours to get there. It was a okay, nice group. No, no. I enjoyed it. Okay, you have been exposed to Royal Road long enough <laughs> to know what I'm talking about. So stop pretending <laughs> like you don't, and let's just get on with it. <laughs> Okay, so first of all, we have to decide, does this person just suddenly get transported by falling into a magical book? Do they get run over by a truck? Do they get shot while, for no reason, die of overwork? (laughs) They find their old work and have a stroke reading it. Excellent. (laughs) Honestly, accurate. And also, we should decide, like, is is this someone who's only a few years out from that first work, or have they actually matured into an excellent writer and suffered even more from being exposed to their past selves? Fifteen years down the line, they've turned into a good writer who makes a living off their writing, they find some of their old work, and they have a stroke reading it. <laughs> Fifteen years? It's, it hasn't even been two for me. Exactly! Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
So and then they go okay, so they're born, reborn to the world. It it seems ludicrous and it actually takes them a while to actually realize that this is their fault. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a while since they read since they wrote it, so they the the details are kind of fuzzy, and they kind of also blocked it out out of like cringiness. I see, I see, <laughs> and trauma. <laughs> but but they do remember the beginning part because they just read it and then died from. Cringe. Well, the problem is that the beginning part focuses on the main character, who's not at all where they've just resurrected to. <laughs> oh, that is a problem. But they do know that there is a world-ending cataclysm coming that only the main character can can save the world. Well, from. the question is, right? Is this the kind of story where the author decided, you know, that the only the main character can save the world, or is this the kind of author who, at the time of their cringy writing, was so self-absorbed and like I'm more important than everybody else? That they decided that what would happen is the main character would try to save the world, fail, and then everybody dies. Oh, no. No. I don't know where you get that from, but no. What are you talking about? I've read, like, six of these. Okay, but there's uh, the, those six are outnumbered by the 7,000 with the self-insert protagonists. Who no, no, no. Self-insert so protagonists, they just failed. No. <laughs> they always win. What are you talking about? These are the newbie writers that I read. Maybe you and no, I have well, very different experiences. Stop reading weirdos and start reading the normal trash like everyone else. I don't think I'd be a fan of the normal trash. Well, I don't know why you're a fan of the abnormal trash. It's still trash. Because it's at least no. interesting trash. It, no, it's just depressing. I mean, even raccoons have standards. <laughs> <laughs> no. The protagonist goes on an, an epic journey across the country to power up in time to defeat the big baddie while collecting a harem slash reverse harem of different colored beauties to worship them. Duh. <laughs> 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 like, where, where are you getting your stories from? Like, <laughs> Not Royal Road. That, that is what happens. But, like, the way that the story goes in the way that the author wrote it, it's like, because of this whole journey across the country, it takes like years and years before the big baddie is defeated. So the people like have to suffer from disease and famine and uh, war and, and stuff. Their entire plan is to reduce the impact of the famine. Uh, life is generally shit. Yeah, so the, the author's like, like, the author actually left this really obvious plot hole to defeat the Demon King or whatever in, like, the first year. But, like, the the main character was too stupid to figure it out. And the author at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, in retrospect, you're like, why is this plot even a plot? So the author has has to, like, go, go, like, mess with the plot to save everyone. Because as random mob number three, they'd probably die if the... Demon King is allowed to run rampant for five years or whatever. <laughs> yeah, gotta speed run your own story. Yeah, and uh, you know, they have a rough idea of the plot events that have to happen, and what the events in the future and who are the key players and stuff. So they kind of know the future ish. That Neil, you actually just gave me a, a, a another like you know. 
it's technically off of the idea that we were doing, but I think that, like, maybe it would be interesting for something in the future where, like, the intent is you need to speedrun all of the stories that you've ever written. <laughs> God. Oh, no. If all of your stories have such an obvious, like, solution that you can speedrun it, I feel like you haven't gotten better as a writer. As the author, from the character's perspective. <laughs> yeah, like... Oh, freaking hell, mycology would be how to speedrun, because, like, stories without a definitive end goal, like, the types that are written by, like, um, Discovery-type writers are just gonna be how for this sort of setting. Well, especially the incomplete ones, yeah. Well, I mean, you can't speedrun because there is no goal. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would say that would be the same problem with Fantasia, except, like, probably having the main character realize her love interest is a real person early would constitute speedrunning the story. <laughs> but, but it's a lot less fun. 30 seconds in, you appear, you <laughs> go up to our way, like, you're oh, like, you must be a person, huh? <laughs> end story. The end. <laughs> Man, you certainly have skin and bones. Actually, I could actually write an entire other version of Fantasia where where that happens and it would still be equally as long and meandering it would just be like more awkward romance in the beginning <laughs> or you could do an april fool's joke where you know you go back and you say ah we spent too much time on this i'm gonna do the new fantasia a short story i've decided to rent a short on. story that's five thousand <laughs> words <laughs> and end it oh man Okay, well, if you listen to this podcast and read my fiction, then you'll know what my April Fool's idea is. But probably for extra April Fool's, I won't do it. I'll do something else. That's my style. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that. Okay, so we're in the first world. Uh, there was some pothole. Now, how does fixing this uh, famine or whatever... By exploiting your own plot hole, how does that sort of not disrupt the entire structure of your story? It does. Simple. You didn't have a structure in the first place. No. That's true. <laughs> but it does. Like, it, it confuses the main character and all of their paramours. And, oh my God. and everyone's like, who's this rando who just killed the demon king? <laughs> Don't like, worry about it. I'll just be over here. Yeah, starting a farm or something. Like, the things that are unchangeable are, like, the fact that the characters already exist and the magic is what it is and the setting is what it is. But, like, the plot is not fixed in stone. Unless we want to do one of those stories where, like, the capital P plot it just is, like, is like gravity. It just constantly tr pulls back on course no matter what you, what you do. But, uh, I don't know. That's I it. would think that as long as the on-screen stuff, like, the stuff that was written stays the same, but, like, the stuff that happened in the background only needs to sort of get the same vibe. Like, it needs to cause the same confrontations to happen in, in at least similar ways, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everything needs to be exactly the same. So, like, the famine can be solved, because if you solve the famine then there's some other thing that's pushing the hero into conflict with the big bad, and it's all still fine. 
Okay. I mean, what would what would be the easiest would be if the author just uses the exploit to kill the demon king and then becomes the demon king and then pretends to get defeated by the main character and moves on with life. <laughs> kill and replace your big bad. What? Well, I mean, the big bad is obviously incompetent to get defeated by such an incompetent main character, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, even if the main character is incompetent, they could be just overpowered for no good reason. Yeah. Yeah, plus it's like the medieval era or something. You can't expect uni- basic universal education. Plus, I don't think that I could be the villain that long. Like, I can play a villain... But I can't really bring myself to actually do the bad things that would be required to take the big bad's place for, like, very long at all. No, 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 no. Like, they, 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 they do it all by illusion. Yeah. And they, like, make their underlings say... The illusion of wiping out towns and cities? Yeah. And they also, like, bribe villages to, like... Like, they pretend, like, oh, I'm inventing Halloween, so... We're going to decorate your village like it's been ravaged by monsters for a day. They bribe villages to all leave their homes (laughs) for five days while the hero's passing through, leaving a ghost town. Yeah, like if you have enough money and power, you know, you can make it worth the villagers' while. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's do it. And then they just play at being a villain for the next five years. (laughs) Do it. Yes, I like it. We're doing it. <laughs> so you've got to remember all the bad things your your villain did and then duplicate them, except instead of actually duplicating them, you're causing an illusion of the bad thing to happen. Yes. And in the end, you have to uh, have the illusion of being destroyed. Well, it could be, destroyed. you know, it could be the kind of story that you wrote where the main villain gets defeated and defeat means redemption. I mean, nah. Does it? I don't think a newbie writer would go that deep. That's not deep at all. That's super basic. <laughs> that's like children's no, no, show level. What are you talking that's, about? That's that's a level. That's level two. Level one is like, ha We beat the bad guy. We win. Yay! <laughs> Which is what the level we're at. What? I thought that, you know, maybe it's my fault for just assuming that the empathetic response comes first. Yeah, no. Children are monsters with no empathy. I don't know where you're getting this from. I, not in uh, my experience. <laughs> well, as we we've established many times, your experience doesn't count. <laughs> I it makes it difficult to to you know interact with people when they're just like, yeah, your experience is not real. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying it like using it as as. Empiric evidence for the rest of it the is human technically species. empiric evidence. It, yes, but it's one of those ones that we like flick off as out an outlier due to abnormal circumstances. I feel like just completely dismissing it as an outlier is a mistake, just as much as you know, fully paying attention to it. The point is, you're an outlier and a confounder, so stop it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, wait, I guess I, I suppose it depends on, like, the sort of setting. Because if it was a romance story with, with an evil Dark Lord and the Dark Lord as a potential love interest... Oh, there we go. 
Well, I mean, that's true, too. I mean... <laughs> you have to romance your main character. <laughs> I don't I don't know how the, the author would manage that, because they're probably quite off-put by the Mary Sue-ness of the most immature main character they've ever written. <laughs> I mean... I feel like it would be like, yeah, maybe they'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll give up all my bad ways. and But instead of, like, falling into the character's harem, they, like, say, oh, I must go on a journey of redemption and then walk off into the sunset uh, in something dramatic. <laughs> I see, I see. I don't know why it's always in the, into the sunset, but it seems like it would cause a lot of glare, but whatever. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can't see if you're walking off into the sunset very well, but you know what you can do is look badass. Yeah, it creates that lovely silhouette of loneliness. <laughs> or just silhouette of light, I guess. Gotta get that, uh, <laughs> that uh, ominous lightning machine. Oh, man. Uh, okay. So I want I want this this replacement demon lord to have like a bunch of like cute minions who are like all totally in on this whole like looking really scary while not being scary hoax business. <laughs> being the author, they know exactly where in the world to find those minions. <laughs> and like they they're basically like running the world's largest Halloween store in terms of their like props and their illusions. It's not even a Halloween like, <laughs> store. It's like pop-up spookiness. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, you want a a battlefield full of torn bodies? We got you. Give us one day. <laughs> We're going to need one day, 40 gallons of animal blood and Don't worry. No animals were killed in the <laughs> production of this blood. They're specifically bred to make a lot and donate it. <laughs> I can't say they weren't harmed, but, you know, maybe that depends on your definition of harm. They weren't killed. They were donor blood cows. They're blood cows. They're like regular cows, except they make extra blood instead of extra milk. <laughs> That's so weird on multiple levels, but we're just going to skip over that. We're, we're going to say that it's part of a... A newbie writer's first first world, and they're like, yeah, these cows should be even more bloody when somebody blows them up for no good reason. Um, and, um, you know, hallucinogenic mushrooms that um, make things spooky and stuff. <laughs> that wouldn't help as much as you might think, but we're just gonna skip over it. And... Um, you know, the the main character probably also feels sorry for some of the more neglected harem members and wants to make amends. <laughs> <laughs> the main character or the author here? The main the the author, sorry, feels sorry. The main character has no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when you're a, when the world bends to your needs it you know you don't really have great troubleshooting or insight powers man people's first stories they're a trip <laughs> i know what my first story was and i also know that my main character was terrible oh man even if you don't include my 13 year old twilight fan fiction my first story was a bit a bit much 
Which is why it'll never see the light of day. Don't ask. <laughs> mine is like, uh, what was mine? What the fuck, I'm a dungeon? Yeah, that was, I caused it. Actually, it's not really fun to live in, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Eunice, I think you're the exception. It would be fine to live in our first worlds. Oh, it would be fine to to live in, in the world that I wrote. As long as you don't have to interact with any of the main character nonsense, shenanigans, politics, magic, and intrigue, romance stuff. Like, it, it's a medieval world, but, like, a writer isn't going to write in dysentery on the first novel. Let's be honest. Mine was just a full-on sci-fi world that was mild dystopia, but it's the kind of mild dystopia that's not really something that you'd notice. Yeah, like, in my first story, the main character was, like, half god without ever knowing it until later in the story. Actually, we, we, we actually did a re rewrite of it on one of these episodes. Um... <laughs> We'll leave you to figure out which one and never talk about it. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just like a unicorn Pegasus descendant thing. Let's not even. <laughs> Eunice, you weren't supposed to give any more hints than you already did. I figured out which episode it was. Of course you did. It's obvious. I told you back during that episode that that was my first All story. Right. And So we have, we have our characters. We have most of our plot. Um, the world development. I mean, do we really want to talk about, like, how... I don't think we want to name any specifics of, like, the world they're in beyond, like... It doesn't really make sense, but, like, there's just enough coherence that it theoretically holds together. Yeah, like... That kind of detail is the kind I just, like, work out as I write. So I'm not really good with the whole planning, even if we wanted to do that. But basically, just like, make your Mary Sue and give him or her the craziest awesome powers that you can imagine. Then give everyone else relatively like weak and easily nullified by the main character powers. And then go into your world and then kind of cobble together some kind of theoretical magical explanation as to why that's real. And it doesn't have to make actual sense. It just has to make theoretical sense. Okay. But make sure that somehow the main character became an orphan as a child for that dark edgelord backstory despite having these powers. I mean, if you want to go super dark edgelord about it, then the reason that they're an orphan is because their powers were too great as a child and, you know, they accidentally killed their parents when they fell off of a bridge or something. Oh, classic. Very classic. Uh, and then, you know, have the... They were dropped on their head as a child, and doing that killed everybody in the room. Have the... Have the... Prince slash princess slash archduke slash sorceress fall in love with the main character so they can happily ever after. But don't forget your harem of supporting characters who are actually better than the main love interest, but for some reason don't get chosen. <laughs> You have to go with the most vanilla love interest in order to average out the hate. Oh. Is that, is that the reasoning? Cause, like, yeah, that is the reasoning. Because they always make the second leads, like, better people. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, if... Because you go with the vanilla or you go with the tsundere. That's just the way that it goes. Yeah. 
Because, like, if, if you have, like, two second leads and you pick one over the other, the two fanbases are going to go to war with each other. It's not even a question. So you go with the vanilla one, which is, like, like, like vanilla ice cream. It's inoffensively boring. I actually really like haagen vanilla. Like, it tastes like vanilla and not, like, nothing. But that's it. I mean, have you ever made vanilla ice cream? Like, it's, it's real good. I ain't gonna make my own ice cream like a plebeian. <laughs> That's, I mean, I guess. Or like a, like a fancy person with an ice cream machine at home. <laughs> I've used both methods, to be fair. But, um, I mean, if I wrote this story, I would make the, the author end up with the better second romantic lead. Because life was really unfair to the second romantic lead. And also, they're a much better person than the first romantic lead. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> I would probably go in a pretty wild direction with all of this. But... I mean, yeah, you probably would. <laughs> look, 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 look. I would have fun. Just, like, on a personal level. If what happened was that the author was was trans, but they didn't realize it at the time that they wrote the story, so they wrote a fake, like, society-inspired image of what they expected to be, but they actually just wrote somebody that they found really hot, and then at the end of this, they've already transitioned, and then they get in a romantic relationship with their with their lead. I mean, sure. It's a wild direction to go, but, you know, it's fun. I think the the author would find all of the romantic leads really hot because like they're designed for their self-interest Mary Sue inserts. No, 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 no. Uh, sorry, the the Mary Sue supposedly self-insert is who that they is who they end up with. That was the point. Oh. <laughs> okay, but the Mary Sue is kind of like gross. I mean, I guess the Mary Sue could undergo some some. It depends on the kind growth. of Mary Sue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a kind of Mary Sue where you're like not kind of grossed out by how childishly icky everything is? Yeah. Oh. Mary Sue is the description of the effect that the character has more than their personality or or anything else about them. It's, they warp the story by their very existence. And frankly, when the story needs warping, they're who you need to call. Okay, well, yeah, I guess you could make the Mary Sue a a good person who's not like naive and annoying. (laughs) I don't know though. Considering it's like their first story, I feel like yeah, no, no. We'll just make it so that they actually undergo some some personal development and growth through the story. I see. Okay. And, you know, the fact that they have to actually overcome troubles and stuff. I mean, they're fake troubles because there's a fake Demon King. Yeah. The process of turning the main character into an actually decent human being. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Wow. Okay, so that's secondary goal. That sounds like like... some sort of light novel title or something. (laughs) I'm reincarnated in my first story, and now I need to go through the process of turning the main character into an actually decent human being. 
I mean, I I may or may not have just finished a story along these lines (laughs) in terms of reading Korean web novels. (laughs) You an ass. (laughs) Wait, were you thinking I just had an original idea as if I have original ideas? Original, no. And we would never like suspect of you, you of yeah, such a thing. Exactly. Don't even don't insult me with original. With that. No, but you know, highly derivative instead of just ex- instead of just derivative. <laughs> oh, you know what I say. The only way to the secret to originality is copying so many people. People stop pointing it out. Hey, I said that first. <laughs> oh, you did. I don't think people have stopped pointing it out. I, I've seen some of your comments. <laughs> His? Mine? Mine. Oh. No, no, but the, the, the key is to not just copy from so many different places. Copy and mix up and mash up so that most people will not have read all of your sources and be able to identify them and then they will therefore think at least some parts of it are original. That's the key. Sometimes they don't recognize all of your sources, but they do recognize one. Yeah. But then they'll be like, oh, it's partly inspired and then partly original. Whereas actually it was all stolen just from (laughs) different sources, which is what I do. Welcome to creativity. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, this one was a bit of a disaster, I think. But, you know, we we did get a story and, you know, a basic idea. I mean, you can tailor it to make fun of your own flaws as a newbie writer, you know? I, I enjoy the meta-ness of poking fun at yourself, which is all Fantasia is. But this would be even more. <laughs> so, you know, you could do- My self-insert was a side character, okay? <laughs> okay. And not even a particularly good one, they just kept fucking everything up. Wow. So, you know, you could do this plot or you could take this idea in, in in a way that's much more tailored to your own experiences and mistakes as a newbie. If, like, you're someone who's going like, what are you talking about? My first work was great. Maybe give this idea another five years to marinate before you come back and realize how crap your writing was. <laughs> The idea for my first one was actually pretty good, and the characters were good, it's just that I had no idea how to structure a plot. Yeah, that you could write it like that too. But anyways, if you like any version of this idea, and write it, email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, I promise it's fun. Email us at guests at underimaginings.com. If you want to check out some of Nils' works, I mean, it's pretty easy to do, I think. Uh, yeah, like, just find it on Royal Road, I guess. So, I'll, I think yeah. in October, uh, when it gets published on freaking Amazon. Yeah, and, you know, we'll have some links on our website, I think. So, yeah. And uh, like and and rate us and re- recommend us to your friends. I recently checked our, our, our uh, metrics and while I wasn't looking, we, we jumped in our views, so now we're consistently over double digits. 
You're not supposed to say the actual number. Yay! We're consistently over 10 views per episode, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Those of you who are listening, absolutely thank you for yeah, listening. Thank you for your existence. Yeah. <laughs> I might have recommended you guys on Reddit. Yes! Thank you, thank you to Nil for being our guest <laughs> and recommending us on Reddit. Exactly. And... And we'll see you next week. I think that's all, so see you next week. Yep, have a good something. I don't know. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye.